Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this final leg of Season 5, I'm reading my way through every single goddamn page in The Revenge of Kang, the final module in the Time Warp Adventure series for TSR's Marvel Super Heroes role-playing game. And as I do, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on each page. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. The Revenge of Kang was written by Ray Winninger and was published in 1990. Today we're discussing page 7 of The Revenge of Kang. Yesterday we started the friendly NPCs section with a stat block for Little Baby X-Man Cyclops, mostly the same as Modern Cyclops, but with modified stats and rewritten text specially tailored for a specific moment in time that this adventure does not and cannot include. The stats for Little Baby X-Man Beast also started on last page. Those are actually necessary because Beast's powers changed a lot, but we don't really have time to talk about Beast today because today we get the write-up for Angel. Warren Worthington III, you know, X-Men as an early Marvel comic from the 60s was not one of the good ones. Like, it's easy to forget because of how good and how popular the X-Men became later. Early X-Men was not a well-loved series. However, there were some teenagers in early Marvel comics. X-Men does not get enough credit. It didn't have the best teenage characters, but it did have the teenagers who were most authentically embarrassing. You know, Peter Parker was whiny and confused and immature, but growing up and trying hard and, and often was underestimated. A lot of great things about teenage Peter Parker, but nary an issue of X-Men passes that does not fill the reader with empathetic teenage shame for these little goobers. And Angel is a prime example. So Warren Worthington III, he comes from a wealthy family, super, super rich, and he is in the unusual situation that he has wings. So he has very obvious physical abilities as a mutant, but they didn't grow in until he went away to private school. So his parents don't know that he has wings, uh, and, and he is definitely like an in-the-closet mutant. He comes from a very respectable, wealthy family. He feels like he can't tell his parents that he's a mutant, and so he's concealing his wings from them. But don't let his um, rather sympathetic situation distract you from the fact that this little rich boy is a hardcore goofball. I don't know why, but like he's had so many attempts to have a solo run as a superhero or to be in teams other than the X-Men, where he has always seemed like such a small-timer. He doesn't ever seem to have like the wherewithal, the respect, the power, the imagination of other wealthy Marvel heroes. It's hard to explain, but let me let me give you the dumbest thing in this page, which I think really perfectly encapsulates the weird, embarrassing adolescence of Warren Worthington III. So the reason he's Angel, he's gone through uh, uh, tons of different power sets that have been elaborated on different ways. He's had like healing powers, resurrection powers. He got turned into Archangel, which is like an edgier, darker character, literally edgier. They gave him edges on his wings. They became sharp. They keep going back and forth in this angel archangel thing. Now the character literally goes back and forth between those two identities, I think. But it all stems from his first rescue as a proto superhero. Here's how that went down. His wings had been growing in. He was just keeping them under his clothes, hoping that that would be a sustainable situation, which it's comic books. So who knows? Captain America went to a day job for a long time with his shield strapped to his back under his jacket every day. So I guess you get used to it. But Warren is not used to any of this yet. He's not ready to fly. He's not ready to come forward with any of his abilities. He's just a child, uh, like the screaming children you may perhaps hear in this recording. They're right outside my window, and there's nothing I can do about it. Well, there's nothing I will do about it. I would have many options for attempting to silence or banish screaming children. It would be so easy, so very easy, to hurl those loud children right over the fence back where they came from, using my superior adult size and strength, but that's not the world we live in, to my constant frustration, as I'm sure to yours. But back to Warren Worthington III. He's a child, basically, he's not ready for this, but then there's a fire. 
The school catches on fire. The stairs are on fire. Warren's got to get out of his room, so he jumps out the window, and he finds out that he can fly. Rather perceptively for him, uh, he initially didn't think he'd be able to fly because, you know, of his bones, his, his weight and his bones. But it turns out that he has hollow bones, which, having been the parent of a baby now, I feel like if your baby had hollow bones, you would notice. They do a lot of checkups and things. But then this was the 1960s. There wasn't as much uh, medical support for new mothers and their new babies at the time. And fathers, I I think most fathers in the 1960s weren't totally sure how many children they had, let alone their bone situation. So anyway, yeah, he's got hollow bones and he finds out that he can fly. And that's great for him. But over in another building, there are these other guys and they are trapped in a burning building. How are they going to get out? What they need is a rope. You thought I was going to say a, a flying savior. Yes, but their bones aren't hollow. And also, you know, Warren is the child of a wealthy American family and no doubt was taught. You don't just save people from burning buildings. That rewards them for having their house catch fire. So he's going to bring up a rope to these people so they can let themselves down. So he runs over to the theater storeroom at the school because he knows there's going to be a rope there. And he grabs the rope and he's got to go save those people. But he does not want to reveal that he's a mutant to his friends and the world. So, quote, to conceal his identity, Worthington wore a long blonde wig and a long nightshirt so that he looked like an angel. Fuck me. You, you, and you see what I mean. This is such a, an obviously bad idea. Such a weird bad idea. I mean, Warren needed a rope to save these people, so he went to the theater storeroom with this problem on his mind. How am I going to disguise myself? How am I going to conceal my identity? He thinks as he walks to the theater storeroom. And while he's in there looking for the rope, you know, probably digging around through the costumes, the masks, you know, the hat collection, the grease paint. He's thinking, how how am I going to keep my shameful secret from getting out to the world? How am I going to conceal my very recognizable, highly rich face from these people while I save their lives? Where is that rope? Oh, it's over there under the hoodie and the gorilla mask and the hooded robe and the skin cap and the big fancy Renaissance hat for doing Shakespeare under the pile of that. Finally, I get all that stuff out of the way. Okay, I've got the rope. Now, what am I going to do about my other problem? Wait a minute. I've got it. I've got to dig through the costume collection. Fingers crossed. They've got a, yes, a nightshirt. And now if I can have one more stroke of luck, aha, a blonde wig dressed in an unbrushed, unsecured, presumably women's blonde wig of school play quality. And what is clearly recognizable as sleepwear, my classmates will think that I'm an angel. It's the only way. No word on how uh, Warren managed to get his wings through the back of that nightshirt, by the way. I have the comic right in front of me, Uncanny X-Men number 54, and we can see his back and the wings are just coming out of the back of the nightshirt. And he's up there and he's securing the rope so that the kids can climb down and they're all gathered there at the windows looking at him. I just love that one of the longest superhero careers and one of the most checkered and confusing begins with a weird young teen making just a really bad weird young teen decision. If I put on a wig, they'll think I'm an angel. I can't, I can't turn that down as the dumbest thing on this page, even though there's something much more gaming relevant here that deserves attention too. Just as a footnote about what I passed up for this origin of angel story, quote, Warren flies by means of two natural feathered wings jutting from his shoulders, wingspan of 16 feet. He normally has excellent airspeed, but can spring up to unearthly speeds. After flying at maximum speed for two consecutive rounds, he must make an endurance feat roll each succeeding round. And no wonder his wings are tired after flying at unearthly speed, which is 600 miles per hour. In a six-second round, his teammate Cyclops can shoot a beam, 
his teammate Beast can do like a drop kick, or if he makes a feet roll, maybe punch out like a few people. In that same round, Warren Worthington can fly one mile by just flapping his wings like a fucking animal. I know some of the stats in these books are taken from the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. I don't know if these are numbers from Archangel or something. I don't know if there's a math problem somewhere along the line. Or I, I don't know if this is just like weird bad Silver Age stuff that somehow ended up in modern Marvel reference material. But the idea that you can fly 600 miles per hour with your wings. I mean, when he flies flat out, he's he's faster than the cruising speed of a commercial flight. And he's almost as fast as one flying long distances because he can go like 12 hours at his normal speed at least. Which is so weird, because like he has he has gliding wings, that can't be right. And if it is, the comics are dumb. But based on his demonstrated understanding of the face rip rule system, I think this one is probably on the author. Join me next time for continuing system abuse, as the author ties the rules into a goddamn pretzel trying to explain what Professor X's deal is, as we wrap up the 1960s X-Men on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret, patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact me however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. This episode's music, used under Creative Commons license, is Take Us to the Nearest Starbase by Astrometrics, whose work you can find at soundcloud.com slash astrometricsband.